This is Journey Church Podcast. Here at Journey, we believe in encountering God and embracing people. From wherever you're listening, we hope you are encouraged by this week's message. To reach people, revive churches, and release leaders. And so we've been doing that since 2008 in Edmonton. We gather in churches once a month across the city, spanning about 14 denominations. I think we've been in about 50-some churches, um, 150 times we've met over since 2008. Um, but then we also go up north. We go into the Arctic, and I'm going to tell a story about that today and want to break suicide in the north and see God move in our Arctic people in Canada and also believe that God's called us to the nations. God's called us to raise up a generation of people, uh, maybe like me, an engineer. How do we live this spirit-filled life every day? And so I'm excited, excited to be here. Uh, August 14th, I got married after a really long wait, wondering, God, where is my wife? God, bring her. Uh, this is Jessica. So, so honored to have Jess with me today. And, um, and uh, she's an anointed dentist that God is using in an incredible way. And so we're excited. Thanks so much, Pastor Gifty, for, for inter- setting this up, and Pastor Dave and Jess. And just an honor to be with you. And uh, we have a table at the back if you want to learn more about Resurgence, or there was a slide with all our info, liveresurgence.com, and how you can uh, get involved in ministry and support what God's doing. And so um, this morning, here's the reality that I want to speak from, is that anything is possible. And I just sense God wants us each to encounter him today. I don't know what brought you in here. I don't know why you came. Maybe you just come every week. Maybe this is your first time. But I just want to suggest to you today that it's not an accident that you're here, but God wants to encounter you fresh. I I don't know about you, but in 2022, with all that's going on in our world, all that's going on with uh, the pandemic, all that's going on around us, we need a fresh touch of God. I'm here for a fresh encounter of him. Not just, like, like Pastor Dave said, not just a social club, but we, we just need him. We need him to move in our lives. And I believe for every single one of us, he wants to encounter us today. That his presence is in this place. And as I, I shared this last night, but as I was here this weekend, I just felt like God wants to remind you as a church um, how high your ceiling is. There's a really high ceiling in here. I know you've all, look look up, everybody look up, look how high it is. And I just had this picture of a bunch of people walking around like they were hunchback and they were in like a low ceiling room and they don't want to hit their head. And I felt like God was saying to remind you, dream bigger. Journey Church, it's time to dream bigger. It's trying to dream bigger for you. Stop acting like you're small and you're hunchback and you can only dream so big. Look how big the ceiling is. Look how big that God has created. We serve a big God. And how big we see our God limits our, our, is our ability to dream big. So if you see a big God, you'll dream big. And so God wants you to go, I'm big. I have great plans. I have great purposes. I have great dreams for you. Stop selling yourself short. And I sense it as a church. There's some that you've been on the sideline. You've been attending. You've been coming. Now is the season to jump all in. I believe your greatest days as Journey Church are yet ahead. I believe that God's saying this is a critical moment in your journey and there's something amazing and I just, maybe you've been attending for a while and you go, I need to get in. I need to talk to the pastors and say, what can I do to serve? What can I, because I believe God's going to do something incredible to reach Calgary through this church. 
And so I want to encourage you today. God is doing something new. This is a good place. This is good soil. And, it, and sometimes we can sit on the sidelines for a long time and we can ignore that voice going, hey, I need to serve. I can do something. I can show up. My voice matters. So I want to encourage you today. God's doing something. It's time to get in the game in a new way. Can you receive that today? So the thought I have for you is that um, this thought of great expectations, great expectations. Sorry, I'm talking fast. I'm excited. I'm excited for what he wants to do today. And, and the thought is great expectations. What are we expecting? Are we expecting? Are you here this morning expecting to encounter him? Um, are you expecting the right things? When I look up the word expectation in Wikipedia, the strong belief that something will happen or be the case in the future. A belief that someone will or should achieve something. And I want to set the context of where I want to go today. Um, between the Old Testament and the New Testament, there was 400 years. There was actually 400 years of silence, 400 years of no prophets of God, 400 years of no words of God, 400 years that God was silent. Malachi or Malachi, the Italian prophet, <laughs> spoke the words of God and then it was silent for 400 years, 400 years. And then come the Gospels, the account of this silence being shattered. And the first story we see is in Luke 1 with Zechariah and Elizabeth. Zechariah is married to Elizabeth. The Bible says they were both very old. Elizabeth could not conceive a child, so she was childless. And in Luke 1.6, it says they were righteous in the sight of God, observing all the Lord's commands. And then one day, everybody say one day. The leaders are praying outside, and it was Zechariah's turn to go into the temple and, and by casting of lots, and he's going to burn the incense, and he's, he's going to do this, but it was the day 400 years of silence would be shattered. It was that day for some reason. I, I wonder if it felt like any other day. I wonder if Zechariah woke up and goes, ooh, this is an interesting day. I, I don't know what he was feeling. I didn't know if he knew what was going to happen. And when you allow me to suggest this for you for me, for this church, could this be the day that the silence is shattered? Could this be the day that you encounter him afresh? Could this be the day? And in Luke chapter 1, we'll read, it's, it's on the screen, but starting in verse 11, if you have your Bibles, then an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing at the right side of the altar of incense. When Zechariah saw him, he was startled. He was gripped with fear. But the angel said, Do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will soon bear a son, and you are to call him John. He will be a joy and a delight to you, and many will rejoice because of his birth, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He will never to take wine or other fermented drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before he is born. He will bring back many people of Israel to the Lord their God, and he will go on before the Lord in spirit and power of Elijah to turn hearts of the parents to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous, to make ready a people prepared for the Lord." So the angel of the Lord appears to him on the right side of the altar. Zechariah, Elizabeth are ordinary people. They're, the Bible says they're devout, they're, they're God-fearing, um, they're, they're, they're these faithful people. But they're ordinary people. 
They're not influential people. They're normal people. They're people like us. And he wasn't expecting God to speak. He wasn't expecting an encounter from God. And the angel says, your prayer has been heard. See, here's a reminder. God answers prayer. God answers prayer. And you will have a son and name him John. So God breaks 400 years of silence coming in an unexpected way to declare that Elizabeth is expecting. God ended his silence with a birth. Have you ever felt God has been silent in a season? I feel to tell you that God wants to end silence and burst something in your heart today. He wants to burst something in us today. Elizabeth was very old and she had a baby, and now she's expecting, who couldn't have a baby, and now she's expecting John the Baptist. And Zechariah questioned the angel. Can I conjecture, he's like, I got to go outside and tell people that I'm old, and Elizabeth's going to have a baby, what am I going to tell them? He's like trying to figure it out all in his mind, and God's like, Okay, you're going to try to figure this out too much. You're probably an analytical engineering mind. I'm just going to like spiritual mouth tape your mouth. And so he basically makes him unable to speak. So his words, the Bible says, may come true at their appointed time. Sometimes there's a, there's a lot of noise right now in our culture. There's a lot of noise and need to be right and a need to rant, a need to post, a need to get into the conversation. I think sometimes we just need to not speak. And say, God, what have you called us to speak? You know, maybe Zechariah would have issues with this. He would talk too much. God's like, ah, we'll just, we'll just close your mouth for a season. God comes in an unexpected way to declare someone is expecting and then silences Zechariah so he doesn't have to figure it out. Luke continues on with the story. and Now we hear about Mary in Luke. And Mary has a plan for her life. She's pledged to be married to Joseph. She's a virgin. She has her Pinterest board of her perfect wedding and their perfect home together and their perfect plans. And she has her whole life planned out. And she's like engaged to Joseph. It's like amazing, this amazing story. And she's so excited about her life. And then suddenly all of that expectation, Gabriel touches down unexpectedly. And tells her she is favored and the Lord is with her. And Luke 1.29 says this, Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son. You're to call him Jesus. He'll be great and he'll be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord... You are to call him Jesus. He'll be great and he'll be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he'll reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be? Mary asked the angel, since I'm a virgin. And the angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you. And the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. For no word from the Lord will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. And then the angel left her. 
See, God comes unexpectedly and tells Mary, you had expectations, you had dreams, you had plans, you had these things all figured out, but I want to tell you I've planted something bigger inside of you. I put something inside of you that's bigger than you realize, and now you're expecting, not on your own strength, not on um, Joseph's strength, but on God. I've birthed it. It's God who's put something in you. You may say, Travis, what does this mean for us as Journey Church? It's 2022, and we are locked up, quarantined, frustrated, confused, fatigued, socially deprived, tired of death all around, tired of inflation going through the roof, tired of talk of war in in Europe, tired of the church being divided, of social media blowing up, of of, uh, a pandemic that will never end, depression at its height, anxiety at its height, marriages falling apart, all this stuff all around us. What, What does this have to do with us today? And I feel like God is saying there's expectations at times and we feel like those expectations seem hopeless. Will we ever meet those expectations What is God saying? What is God doing? See, I think it's the tension we all face in this room. We all have our own expectations. We have life expectations to get married, to have kids, to to have this job, this promotion, this thing. We want to accomplish, get the vacation home or or take that vacation or, or all these different things, life plans. And we put pressure on ourselves to make a difference. Pressure of high expectations. We also then compare ourselves to the social media, to the highlight reel of everybody else's life. And go, hey, we don't measure up. We don't measure up to what they're doing. We want to be them. How come we're not them? We're us. And, and all of that. And, and I think the pandemic makes it worse. The, the difference between where you think you should be and where you are. There's expectations. Sometimes we don't realize the expectations we put on ourselves or we think others put on us. Zechariah, Elizabeth, Mary had all these expectations, but then God encountered them and it changed everything. The trajectory of their life was altered in one encounter, one moment. And I believe he wants to do that for us today, that we would know his expectations for us. See, I think expectations are linked to our identity. Looking good can be sometimes more important than than knowing who we are in him. We can have this independent spirit where we're expecting on us, on our trying to do it and going, God, I, I need, what, what do you want to do in my life? If our expectations are about us, here's what I found, then our past experiences and our hurt can, can actually alter what we expect. See, if I was hurt, if I was rejected, if I suffered, if, if stuff happened, if I suffer loss, then I don't want to expect too much because then I'm going to be disappointed. So I set the bar really low, and then I'll meet those expectations every time. And I won't suffer disappointment. I remember as a kid, I, I loved snowmobiles, and I loved dirt bikes. And um, one time I convinced my dad, I'm like, I want to go snowmobiling. And I like bugged him probably for like months. So finally he's like, okay. We didn't own one, but he's like, we'll go rent one. So we went to this place in, in St. Albert, and we rented this snowmobile, and we went out to the farm, and we're, we're going to go snowmobiling, and it's on the back of the truck, and I was so excited, and this is going to be such an amazing Saturday. And we got there. I mean, we started the snowmobile at the dealership. It worked. It was amazing. It was brand new. And we get to the farm, and we're like, going to like take it off the truck. And so we go to start it, and it would not start. So you, you flip it open, you check the spark, you do everything, and it's like brand new, and it would not start. 
So we wait, well, maybe it's flooded, maybe it's this, we wait it like an hour and it doesn't start. So we're like, well, maybe if we take it off the truck, which was a bad idea, because they're really heavy. So we got a snowbank, we got it off the truck and we waited and it still did not start. And so we went, um, we did not go snowmobiling that day, we went trying to start a snowmobile that day, all day. And I was so disappointed to the point that every other activity that I would do with my dad for a season after, even other events that I'd get excited for, I didn't realize this, but I had this like, oh, I wonder if it's not going to work out. I like doom and gloomed every other exciting thing because I'm like, oh yeah, remember that time I was so excited and I was so disappointed. And I, and I realized I took that into other things. I was like not expecting it to turn out. And sometimes I think we can self-sabotage the good things God has for us because we've been disappointed in the past. God wants to break our expectations that are incorrect, our falsely rooted ones. He wants to break lies. He wants you to get your hopes up again. It's time to dream again. It's time to get your hopes up. It's time to expect that God is good and he wants to do something incredible in your life. I think the tension in each of us is, is can we allow that God-given place for him to change our expectations? Can, can we give our lives to him? Can we let go of our past disappointments and say, God, you're a good father? You know, I'm reminded that sonship is so key to this. You know, Jesus, before he did any miracles, before he did any ministry, here's what his father said, you are my beloved son and I'm well pleased. See, Jesus operated from his identity as a son first wasn't what he did or performed or the miracles he did. He was a son. And his father was well pleased. See, sons are secure because they know their father's approval. When you're a son, you have full right to the, what the father has. I love what Zechariah and Mary and Elizabeth, see, they believed the word. They were devout. They were righteous. They had the heart after his. See, the word is key. If we want to have the right expectations, you need to know the word of God. I think revival looks like a people treasuring this book. If you want God to move and speak in your life, if you want silence to be shattered, it's time to open this book in a new way. It's time to have an encounter with this book. Yes, there's words on a page, and sometimes they can be long, but if you say, Holy Spirit, show me the words, let them come alive to me, it'll change the way you read the Bible. See, that's, that's what revival looks like. It looks like lovingness. This book isn't just a book to make us smarter sinners, but it's a book that changes lives. It, this is the word of God. It works. It's sufficient. It's enough. The spirit of God is, is hovering over the darkness, the Bible says, waiting to touch down, waiting for his word to be proclaimed. So if you feel darkness in your life, start reading the word over the darkness, and he'll touch down in it. If you feel discouraged today, find a verse and stick it on your fridge and proclaim it every day and say, I speak light over the darkness in my life. Whatever thing that is going on, find a word and get into the word. See, if you want to hear God's voice, you want to have silence shattered, we have to be about the word. I love when Mary asks, how can this be? He, and I don't think it's an unbelief like Zechariah had, like, but more like, how is this going to happen? And the Holy Spirit will come on you, the Bible says. This is what the angel said to her. And the power of the Most High will overshadow you. There's something about being overshadowed by the Holy Spirit. The word means enveloped by the glory. He wants to overshadow us. Holy Spirit isn't a force, an it, a thing, but a person. 
You know, this was a God thing. This reminded of, uh, me of creation. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was out form, and the darkness was on the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God, as I said, was hovering over the face of the waters. The Holy Spirit was brooding over the earth. It was overshadowing it, one version says. There's this, there's this overshadow. Then on the sixth day of creation, God said, let us make man in our image, Genesis 1.26. And the root of that Hebrew word for image actually means to shade. So we can read this verse, let us make man in our shadow, let us overshadow him with our likeness. We were made with the likeness of him. We were overshadowed with him. And so when God created Adam, breathing life into his nostrils and breath, he was overshadowing him. And then, you know, in this now, the Holy Spirit would brood over Mary and the power of God would overshadow her to bring forth Jesus. It's incredible. And the Holy One who's to be born, the angel will continue, would be called the Son of God. This was full humanity, full divinity coming together, the eternal, the second person of the Trinity taking upon himself human flesh. And I sense to remind you today that God overshadows us still. He wants to overshadow us with his Holy Spirit. Jesus said, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. In Acts 2, they wait in the upper room. 120 are there, the Bible says. And in this upper room, this is where God's power came to do the mission of God. He filled people with power. And the Greek words for the Holy Spirit coming upon Mary are the same words for the power coming over the disciples. You know what I also find so fascinating, and I never knew this before, but in Acts 2, in that upper room, there was 120 people. You know who was also there in that upper room? Mary, Jesus' mother. She got to experience the overshadowing twice. She got to give birth to Jesus, but then she was also there when the Holy Spirit came. I wonder what that felt like for Mary. She knew that feeling more than any other person. Holy Spirit, we need you to overshadow us today. You're bigger than us. I love that picture, not my identity, but his. And in our story, Mary packs her bags, hurries to Elizabeth. The Bible says that when they got there, that Elizabeth's womb leaped. And as soon as the sound of the greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy, Elizabeth said. Blessed is she who's believed that the Lord would fulfill her promises. See, a baby in one womb leaps because another mother is a, walks into the room and is expecting as well. See, there's something about getting around life that stirs one. Babies make everyone smile, even if you're like super grumpy. It's pretty hard to not smile when a baby, cute baby, is making sounds and in a room. There's something about getting around life. And I think that's what we have, expecting people, getting around expecting people. I think that's why the power of church exists. That's why we need each other. Because we need dreamers getting around dreamers. God's put something expecting in each one of us. And I need to be around other people that are expecting to be inspired that the dream in me would leap inside of me. And the dream in you would leap inside of you. And together we would birth what God's called us to birth in this season. See, there's something about getting in, in community in a church as people. I don't care if it's you're on Zoom or you're in person or whatever. You can connect with other people many ways. Connect. 
Get in a small group. Get around people that are excited about God, and you'll get an excitement in you. If you go, today, I'm, I'm kind of lacking in my faith, well, find someone who's fired up and get around them. Like, don't just now go find the people that are all lacking in their faith and get together and talk about it. That's not going to help you. You're just going to all die. Like, get around life. Get, get around people that are excited. See, we're all carrying something. God ended silence with bursts. See, you know what I like? They weren't, notice, Elizabeth and Mary weren't threatened. They weren't like, mm, I got my baby announcement out quicker than your baby announcement. There wasn't this big argument about this. Well, you got to break the news before I did. They didn't do any of that. They celebrated each other. They blessed each other. See, God ended silence with birth. 400 years of silence ended with two people expecting. In the middle of the pandemic, in the middle of this season, can I declare God is speaking? Holy Spirit wants to move. And this morning, He wants to plant seeds of expectation in your heart today and say, What are you expecting? Holy Spirit, it might be a small little seed, it may be a small idea, but God wants to plant something that no man can do, no good idea can do, but only the Holy Spirit can do. He wants to give you a purpose and a drive and a passion for him again. He wants to bring a hunger in here. And I just, you know, in, in Matthew 17, 20, it says it takes just a small mustard seed of faith. Faith is security in his goodness and mercy. It's, it's this faith. Faith is an expectation, a confident assurance that a negative circumstance still holds a potential to produce a great purpose. Maybe there's a lot of negative circumstances, but can I tell you, what's, what's God putting in your belly today? What are you expecting? What's, what's great faith coming inside of you? It might be a small seed, but God wants to grow it. See, God lives outside a linear time. Zechariah, who couldn't talk, all of a sudden, you know, John the Baptist, he, you know, gets born, and all of a sudden he names him John, and immediately he opens his mouth, and his tongue is set free, and he begins praising God. Everybody's filled with wonder what happened. And can I declare um, that whatever the seed is, it may be small, but it's in your soil, and God can grow it into something incredible. You know, John the Baptist comes on the scene and it says people were so expectant. It says when they came to hear John the Baptist, the people were waiting expectantly. One version of this says people were on a tiptoe anticipation of what God would do. There's something about hunger. You know, I've been in meetings uh, and pockets and years of ministry where you see hungry people. We had hunger the last two nights here. God's doing something, guys. God is doing something. And there's something when you get around hungry people and, and they're hungry. You can, it's like the atmosphere of miracles. And I've, I've studied old revivals and what happens in some of them is they, they have a time where people tell testimonies. We don't do that as much because open mic can go on forever sometimes. But there's something about testifying what God's doing, and it creates this atmosphere where there's just this hunger of like, God, we want more. This morning in pre-service prayer, if you don't come to pre-service prayer, you should come to pre-service prayer. There was a hunger. There was an expectation this morning of what God wants to do today. You were prayed for today. There was people hungry going, God, move, move in Journey Church. 
That there's something that happens when we start praying and gathering and getting hungry and expectant. John the Baptist's son uh, that Elizabeth would birth was the forerunner for what God wanted to do in the earth, for bringing Jesus along. And can I, can I say this? The dream that God, the seed, the thing that God puts inside of each one of us is a forerunner for what he wants to do in someone else. It prophesies to someone else. If, if you start a business and God bursts an idea for a business, you know what that says to me? All things are possible. They, he can do it. God can do it through that person. He can do it in my life. If you write a song and you write a song and it's sung on this stage and it's a worship song, it prophesies to everybody else who has a little idea of a, a verse and goes, hey, he wrote a song. Maybe God's calling me to write a song. Maybe you've written a book. It's prophesied to everyone else that someone else can write a book. See, when we fulfill what God's done, it creates expectation and a hunger for others. So maybe the thing that you're wanting to do, you may go, it seems small and insignificant, but if you do it, somebody else may be inspired and do something that changes the entire world. And it's time to dream. It's time to go ahead and do it. it 1 John 3, 2 says, It does not appear what it can be, but what, what it will be has not been made known. Expectation is a process. Where do our expectations lead? You know, Holy Spirit came in Acts 2, and it said His power came for something. And in Acts, we see the lame beggar had expectations to receive something from Peter and John. And Peter and John says, silver and gold I don't have, but take, take my hand, get up and walk. See, Holy Spirit comes for mission, to do the mission of God. And I believe God wants to not just fill us with a power, not just fill us with his Holy Spirit, but fill us to do the mission of God, to fill this place with people that don't know Jesus, to impact Calgary, that in the boardroom, at your workplace, wherever you go as a teacher, as a lawyer, as an engineer, whatever you're called to do, that you would be an influence, that the Spirit of God, that spirit of expectation, that you would birth things in places outside of the walls of this church. I see a church filled with people that don't know Jesus coming and encountering Jesus in this place. How do they hear about this place? Because we tell them. Not because they just come in, because we tell them. We, we are the hands and feet of Jesus. God wants to do something. You know, I, I, um, I think of this story in 2 Samuel, and I'll close with two stories, and, and then we'll, we'll end today. I know I've gone a little long, but um, in 2 Samuel... Um, there's a story of Second uh, Samuel 23. It's an obscure part of Scripture. And there's this guy named Shammah. And Shammah is in this, um, in the, it's one of David's mighty men. And it says, Next to him was Shammah, son of Adji, the Herite. And when the Philistines banded together at a place where there was a field full of lentils, Israel's troops fled from them. But Shammah took his stand in the middle of the field. He defended it and struck down the Philistines down, and the Lord brought about a great victory. Can I suggest to you that there's a moment in each of our lives that we find that we respond to God like Shammah? We allow the seed that God planted in us, we allow an expectation to take root, and we say, God, we're expecting you to do something. There's a moment we stand for what we were created to do. I don't know where, what was so special about that lentil field that day. 
I don't know if Shama goes, ooh, these are nice lentils. I'm a vegetarian and these are really nice lentils. I don't know. I don't know why the lentils were so important that day. But I want to ask you, where is your lentil field? Is it the city of Calgary? Is it your neighborhood? Is it your workplace? Where is the moment that, that God would say, it's time to stand? Shammah did something so courageous. And I wonder, you know, when, when all the other soldiers got back to the fire and the kids go, uh, where's Shammah? I don't see Shammah. Why are you all here and Shammah not? Here's the reality. If they would have not run in fear, the Shammah story could have been their story. When Shama comes back to the fire that night, he doesn't have to say anything because there's blood on his clothes because he stood and saw an incredible victory that day. And I think there's a time and a place where we decide this is the field. This is the moment. This is what I was made for. This is a God who has called me and I will not be afraid. I will not, I, I'm going to stand in my field. I'm going to believe that God's put a seed in me and I'm going to see it to fulfillment and I'm going to see a great victory. I'm not going to believe the lies and the doubt and the fears and the statistics and the odds that are too overwhelming or the darkness is too great. I'm going to say God has called me and with God nothing is impossible. There is a faith that needs to arise in us. And I don't know what it is for you. Is it your city to say, Calgary will be saved. I'm going to stand and I'm going to believe for my city, Calgary, and say, Calgary will be saved. And I'm going to do everything God's called me for such a time as this for Calgary. Maybe it's Canada. Canada will be saved. Whatever God has put in your heart, maybe it's your neighborhood. Your neighborhood will be saved. Whatever it is. But there is a moment that Shammah had this incredible courage. And I believe God wants to give us a courage to believe. Could this be the moment that, that the Spirit of God would overshadow us? And we'd say we are overshadowed. We were made in His image. And so we, we're not going to worry about rejection. We're not going to worry about fear. We're going to know that the Holy Spirit comes to overshadow us and to do what He's called us to do. He did the impossible in Mary and in Elizabeth, and he can do the impossible in you and me today. I want to ask the worship team to come, and um, I want to close with this story. A few years ago, I got this opportunity to go. Our ministry, as I mentioned, works in some First Nations communities, and uh, we've been up to Iqaluit and the Arctic and uh, into communities where uh, Teenagers are suffering from suicide in our north and just believe that God wants to move mightily in the north among the Arctic people and First Nations people in our nation. That revival is going to come to our nation, but it's going to start in our northern people. I believe that so strongly, and there's something that God's doing. And so a few years ago, 100 Huntley Street, a Christian television program, called us and said, hey, there's a suicide emergency happening in Cross Lake, Manitoba. Uh, it's about eight hours north of Winnipeg and said, would you fly in? And me and another guy, Stephen, we, we flew in there and uh, went to go see if we could help and, and see what was going on. We met with people. It's a community of 8,000 people, 85% unemployment rate. As we got there, we saw the burnt out buses. And I said, what's that? And the guy says, a zombie apocalypse. I'm like, okay welcome you know and there's kids everywhere walking the streets in the middle of the night and and um and we met with the rcmp and they said we just bust out 200 kids in grade 10 because they heard a dark voice visit them in the middle of the night and said to kill themselves this isn't somewhere else this is in our country canada 
and we walked the streets and we met with the chief and we prayed with people and we tried to, what can we do? And we went to different groups and leaders and the band council and, and, and we're just going, oh, what can we do? And I remember being, you know, we, we, we got a church, use of a church for a night, a building. And, and so we're like, okay, let's find some young people. There was no one reaching youth in that area. And that's what's happening. Kids were dying. Kids were literally had no hope. So we went to this opening, this barbecue that the community was having. 3,000 people were there. And as I was there, I just felt like, God, Holy Spirit, overshadow me. Holy Spirit, I want to make a difference. I can talk about big things, but let me find one kid. Let me make a difference today in one life. So I see this kid standing over there, and, and I walk over, and I just, I said, hey, um, I'm Travis. He goes, hi, my name's Tyrone. And he goes, I'm 13, and, you know, he's talking to me. And I said, hey, man, I, I just want to pray for you. Can I pray for you? He goes, yeah, I could use prayer. I said, oh, great. So he takes his hat off, and he says, I got a mass in my stomach. And um, I, the nurse said, I need to go to Winnipeg. They don't know what it is. Yeah, I can feel it right here. Uh, could you pray? So I said, oh, I'd love to pray. So I prayed, I prayed. I mean, I gave him the whole enchilada. Like, I mean, I prayed for healing, but I prayed for his everything. I prayed for his life, his family, his, I mean, it was a long prayer. He's probably like, whoa, I didn't expect that, you know? But I'm like, this is my chance, you know? And he's like, oh, thanks, thanks, sir, thanks. And I said, hey, tonight at, the, at this church, we're gonna have, can you bring some friends? He goes, yeah, there's like 30 of us that hang out. I can bring them tonight at seven o'clock, great. So we get there at seven o'clock. There's no one there. There's just me and Steven and a couple other people. It's like, okay, they never got the memo. So we finally call some number. They're like, oh, we're on our way. So by nine o'clock, we wait two hours <laughs> waiting. Like we're ready to go like this. They're not coming. Oh, we're at a bridge. We come. All of a sudden, two pickup trucks pull up with 35 kids in them. I have no idea how that works, but there was 35. I counted them. They walk in. They're like, I mean, we're not talking church people. They're not used to church. They are distracted. They're going out for smokes. They're like, it was noisy. And I said, hey guys, great you're here. I'm just gonna share like a, a, a words. And they're like, oh, we're not staying, we're hungry. And the one guy's like, yeah, we gotta go feed everybody. And I said, whoa, wait. And just out of my mouth, like I didn't even think it. I said, oh, well, it's your lucky day. The ministry that I lead resurgence is buying you pizza. And they're like, what? I'm like, I didn't even know if I could get pizza. And so I'm like, somebody get pizza. So it was like $105 of pizza. We just ordered and we go, it's coming. You have to stay, stay for the pizza. I'm like, okay. So all of a sudden everyone sits down, everyone's on their phone. And I, and I start to share, I start to preach a little bit and it's like distraction city. And finally I just stopped. I said, the Holy Spirit is in this room and he wants to overshadow every one of you. He wants to encounter you right now. So lift your hands up and you want to experience him. So every kid put their hand out and all of a sudden in that moment, there's just a wait. I had the room. Like not a pin, you couldn't hear a pin drop. Like it was like the room, Holy Spirit was there. And I just said, God loves you, he sees you and he has a plan for you. That night, 18 kids put their hand up to accept Jesus for the first time in their life. 
and you could see brokenness and you could see kids just getting healed and we found a way to pray for every kid. We're like, if you need healing, if you don't need healing, if you don't want prayer, put your hand. I mean, we just found ways. I'm like, let's find a way to pray for every kid. The pizza shows up, we're celebrating, we're talking, we're, and all of a sudden somebody taps me on the shoulder and says, Travis, you need to come to the boot room. And I'm like, no, I don't. I'm like, this is what I was made for. We are here, we're hanging out. This is like lives are being changed. No, 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 you need to come right now. There's a kid in the boot room. He needs you. So a couple of us go out there, and in the corner, there's this kid huddled over. And, um, and I'm like, okay, what's going on? And all of a sudden, I hear, he's like, I'm hearing dark voices. I said, okay. I said, well, we want to silence every voice. God's here. And I said, can you look up? I want to see your face. Like, look up. Look me in the eyes. He looks up, and it's my friend Tyrone. I said, Tyrone, how are you? He goes, not good. I'm hearing voices. And they're saying to do bad stuff. And, and, and I said, you know, we prayed for you today. He goes, I know you prayed for me. I went to the nurse station after you prayed for me. And she can't feel the mass anymore. And I told her that Jesus healed me. And she said that's not possible. But she can't feel the mass. I don't know what's going on. But something happened today. I said, that's amazing. And I said, God wants to, God wants to heal you completely and get rid of these voices. And, and as I was there, I just prayed. I said, God, speak to me. Let me hear your voice for Tyrone. And I felt like God say, ask him who his daddy is. <laughs> okay, this is kind of weird. Like, you know, like, ask a kid in a corner, who's your daddy? <laughs> like, awkward. Like, I don't know about you, but that's awkward. So I said, who's your daddy? And he just looked at me. I'm like, I know it's awkward, you know, like, and he goes, why do you ask me that? And I said, I felt like God said to ask. He goes, I can't tell you his name. I never speak of his name. And, uh, and he tried to kill me when I was three years old, and I've never mentioned his name since. And I said, you know, Tyrone, God wants you to forgive your dad and release you. And I explained forgiveness. It's not saying what your dad did was right, but it's releasing you. And he wants to heal you. And he wants to deliver you from all these voices. And he says, I could never do that. There's not a chance. I said, well, let's ask Jesus what he says. Jesus, what do you say? And I said, what do you hear? And he goes, I hear Jesus just tell me he says he loves me. I'm not telling him to say this stuff. I'm not saying, I'm not scripting it. He says, say it again. I asked Jesus again. What do you say? Jesus says he loves you and he's proud of you coming here. I'm like, oh, thanks. Okay, say it again. Ask Jesus. Jesus, what do you say? Jesus said he can help me forgive my dad. <laughs> I didn't tell him that Jesus could help him forgive. He's saying this to me. And I said, Tyrone, do you think you could forgive your dad? think I can because Jesus just said he could help me. So in that boot room, he says, Terry, I forgive you. And he started listing all the things Terry did to him. And immediately we prayed that the Holy Spirit would overshadow him. And he started having visitations of angels and God starts showing up to him. See, that's what hope looks like. Hope looks like God showing up to Tyrone in that boot room. And hope today is God wants to show up to every single one of us in an undeniable way this morning and overshadow you and, and burst something in you. And you may feel dead and it may feel silent and it may feel like that 400 years of silence has happened in you today. But I'm here to tell you there's hope. I'm here to tell you that God wants to break the silence today.
I just want you to bow your head and close your eyes in this place. I want to give an opportunity. If you don't know Jesus, the first thing to break the silence is to ask Jesus to come into your heart, to be the Lord and Savior of your life, to change you, to transform you. We can intellectually try to figure them out, but here's what I figured out. You can't put God in a spreadsheet. And maybe you've tried to figure out God in your mind. You've tried to argue. You've argued with people about God. But I want to tell you right now in your heart, He wants to come into your heart. He wants to bypass your mind and come into your heart and fill it with life and hope and love and peace. So if you're in this place and you'd say, I don't know Jesus is my Lord and Savior. And in the count to three, I'm going to count to three. And I want you to lift your hand across this place and say, I want him to come into my life for the first time. I want to receive him. I want God to come. I'm willing to try this. I want him to be the Lord of my life. One. Two. If you're like, hey, that could be me. That's the Holy Spirit overshadowing you right now and saying, I want you. I'm calling you home. Three, lift your hand across if that's you. Yeah, I see that hand. Yeah, I'm just looking. Keep it up so I can see it. Person in the balcony, we see one hand. Yeah, two hands. Yeah, just wait another minute. There's just a couple more people. Maybe this is your day. I want to pray this prayer with you. Jesus, everybody repeat this after me. Jesus, I want to ask you to come into my heart today. Forgive me of my sins. Set me free from every attack of the enemy. I thank you that I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. And I thank you that today, You are the Lord of my life. I give you my heart. I give you my life. I ask you to show me what a relationship with you looks like. Heal me and set me free. In Jesus' name. Everybody say amen. If you prayed that prayer, it's really important that you tell somebody. You tell one of the pastors down at the front after. Come tell us. We want to pray with you, give you some resources, connect you. It's really important. Um, Why don't we all stand across this place and I want to give an opportunity to just pray for just a fresh overshadowing of the Holy Spirit. I don't know about you, but I need a fresh overshadowing. I need him to overshadow everything, all the fear, all the doubts, all the lies, all the whatever it is. And so if you're in this place and you're like, I need something fresh today. I want you to just lift your hands up to him. And so there's a focus on him. And just ask him, God, overshadow me today. So Father, I just pray from the front to the back, from the left to the right, like in that schoolroom in Cross Lake where your presence came in such a weighty way. I just pray that the love of God, the presence of the Holy Spirit would come from the left to the right, 
from the front to the back over every single one today. I pray for a fresh impartation of this fire, of, of your presence, of, of the glory of God, that there you would you would spark dreams today, you would spark purpose today, where there's fatigue and there's dr- fear and there's lies and there's there's self-talk and there's just junk. We break it off. I speak healing right now, where every body that needs healing, there'd be physical healings would come right now. We know that you're the healer, Jesus. So I speak over every bit of depression and every bit of anxiety and every bit of sleeplessness and we break it off in Jesus' name. We speak healing from head to toe over every cell, everything that needs alignment. We just speak right now complete healing. I pray restoration of marriages today. I pray breakthrough of finances today. I pray for the most impossible situations today. God, you're the God of the impossible. And I thank you today that you're in this place. I pray for a marking, a marking that can only happen from you, Holy Spirit. I pray for an anointing that would fall over every single one in this place. Just receive him. Just just allow him to work. Just shut your eyes and allow him just receive. Some of you are going to feel even maybe a, a heat on your hands or a tingle. Uh, it doesn't matter what you feel. It's what's happening inside. He wants to do something inside your heart today. He, he's, he's, he's stirring a life in you. Some of you have been so tired and fatigued and you're just, you're wondering. You're trying to, you're questioning your faith. Today he's just, he's coming and you're sensing him. He wants to speak some of you are going to hear voices and you're going to go, okay, is that God speaking? God's speaking to you right now. You're going to hear his voice. It's been silent for a long time. Just listen. Just listen. Listen to him speak. There's something you've been hurt from the church and God wants to heal church hurt today. He's saying, it's stop holding on to it. Today's the day you let go. I want to do something. I know we're in COVID protocol and we're careful, but the altars are open. If you feel like you're just hungry and you just need, I don't know, just just you can come stand around this altar. I don't have a plan for what that's going to but if you're just going, I just need, I need him today, you, you feel free to just come and stand around the altar. There might be some prayer team that will pray for you. Um, that, but, but just, you're going, I, I, I need something fresh today. You, you can stay where you are, but if you just, you just go, yep, that's me, just come. Just come now, just come stand. Just get alone with God. Find a new space. Sometimes moving from our normal space is a sign of like, okay, God, I'm stepping into something new. It's an act of going, I'm stepping, today's a new day. So if you feel like today there's something shifting and you're like, I want to be different. There's something, I just get, find a new space along this altar. Just come and, and people will pray for you. Thank you for joining us today on Journey Church Podcast. For more information about our ministry, visit myjourney.church.